Hi, I'm Rick Molina. I'm a personal injury lawyer in Houston, Texas. Today, we're going to talk about how is responsibility determined in a car accident case. And I have some people with me that we're going to talk about, and uh, they're going to probably ask some questions about you know some of the issues uh, that we'll talk about. This is Liz. Hi. Hi. How are you guys? Marcus. Hello. And Mia. <laughs> So one of the things that I thought we would talk about is, you know, how does responsibility determine in a car accident or in an accident case in general? You know, there's a lot of factors that lawyers take into account. Uh, one of them is like, is it is the situation pre-trial or are you already fighting about it in court? Uh, and those are completely different evaluations. Uh, you know, a lot of times we get into discussions with insurance adjusters pre-trial and the, uh, the opposing insurance adjuster may give you their opinion uh, about it. Uh, and obviously we have our, our position as well. And a lot of that just is just negotiation. There really is no finality to, to that decision uh, because uh, like I said, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, in, I'm in Houston, Texas. Uh, and the law in Texas is that if, if my client or someone that I represent is more than 50% responsible, then they don't recover anything. Uh, that's the law in Texas. Every state's different, but that's what we have to contend with. So I want to evaluate the case, and, and you know, I may not take a case if I think that uh, my client is going to be majority at fault, and, and that happens with a lot of personal injury lawyers. Uh, but a lot of the discussion that happens before you go to court is just negotiation between you and the opposing side. Because the only way to really know that, uh, what the actual percentage will be, is when you go to court and you're arguing in front of the jury uh, and the other side, you have the other lawyers there as well and they're representing their clients and the jury decides. Uh, for right. example, I'm gonna show you, let me see if I can bring this up. This is interesting because, I mean, some people have been here years and, you know, living here in Texas and they don't know about this, this law of, of responsibility of who's at fault. So, I'm trying to share my screen. There it goes. So what I'm going to show you and this is the way it happens in Texas, but I think it, it happens this way in, in pretty much every state. I'm gonna show you the way it works in Texas, and I think it happens this way in every state. This is part of what's called the jury charge, and the jury charge is really a, a group of documents that's given to the jury to answer in, in every accident case. And one of the first questions that they have is they list all the parties. And here I've just blacked out the names of all the parties. But it, the jury is asked, you know, did the negligence of any of these parties cause an accident? Uh, my client is here at the end. Uh, I scratched it out, but my clients are usually at the, at the end. And you can see some for each party that's in the, in the case, the jury has to answer whether they, yes, are responsible or no, they are not responsible. You can see that in this case, my client was found not responsible. And this is the way it's really decided. 
before this happens, it's just a negotiation between you and the other side. But that's not all. Once the jury decides the parties that are responsible, then they have to determine the percentages of responsibility for each respective party. So they have another question that they have to answer, and I'm going to show that to you as well. And I, I've crossed, again, I've crossed out the names of the parties, but the jury has to decide the percentages of each respective party. And you can see in this case, one party was found 60%, another one 10, a few parties were found zero, my client was found zero, uh, another party was found 10, and the last party was found 20. All of those add up to 100%. Once the jury decides the percentages, then you can determine the amount of responsibility. In this case, my client was zero. But again, in Texas, if you're the majority at fault, if my client had 60% or 70% or 51%, then my clients get zero. It doesn't matter what the damages are. So uh, that's part of the evaluation and risk that we take as lawyers when we go in and fight a case in court. Uh, and there's, and no one likes to lose. Uh, no one likes to lose money, no one likes to lose any case. So we go in and every case that we fight in court, you know, we fight to win. And because there's a lot on the line for the client, uh, you know, our clients are injured uh, and, you know, they've lost income, they have medical bills, pain they've lost work, they have pain and suffering. So we're in there making sure that their number is zero and that the, everyone else has the responsibility. And, and that's part of, the, there's a lot of other factors and a lot of other things that happen before we get here. But if everything else doesn't work, then the jury decides. And this is the jury decision in this particular case. So do you find it difficult to evaluate a case or is it, is it, is it important to have evidence? Well, sure. I mean, every case is different. And, and especially in the internet age, a lot of things are found on the internet. Everyone has a phone. Uh, everyone's taking photos at accident scenes. Everyone's taking videos at accident scenes. So what used to take us weeks or months uh, to get evidence and videos and photos, if we even had those available, uh, they're a lot more prevalent now uh, and it's easier to get. And obviously, before I file a case in court, I want to see the videos. I want to see the photos. I want to talk to the, to the witnesses. I want to take the statements. Uh, I want to look at the medical records. Those are all things that are done uh, before you file the case. They should happen before you file the case. Uh, that's not to say it happens in every case. I've had cases where uh, you know, someone's really injured uh, they have ongoing medical treatment. So you can never really get all of the medical records and you make a decision with the client to go ahead and file the case, uh, even though the medical is not completed. Marcus, do you have any questions uh, as far as accidents go or when, when an accident happens? Um, um, you said something about insurance earlier. Oh yeah, so let's say that you're 0% right? So it's not your fault. Right. But the people that were at fault don't have insurance. Do you get more money or does like it stay the same no matter what? Or yeah, that's a good that question. Work? Well, that's, 
That's a good question. And that's one of the big factors that's determined early on in the case. Yes. Uh, because in every case, uh, you know, lawyers are spending time and money. Uh, the client is spending time and money. They're missing work. So, and that's why we have insurance. Uh, in Texas, uh, you know, there's mandatory insurance or you're supposed to have. You're supposed uh, to have insurance. insurance. Yeah. But even so, there's still people that are driving around without insurance. Yes. Uh, but there's a minimum limit of insurance uh, in Texas. Uh, so if someone hits you and they're responsible, uh, they're at fault, they're supposed to have, or they're supposed to have insurance at minimum, liability insurance. Uh, but there are times where that doesn't happen. Uh, so what do you do in those cases? So when, when that happens, uh, you look to see whether you have what's called underinsured motorist coverage or uninsured motorist coverage. Uh, and what that means is if someone hits you and let's say they don't have insurance uh, or they don't have enough insurance to cover all of your damages, you can still file a claim under insurance that you purchase. Uh, UIM. And that's optional. It is an optional. Uh, UIM, what they call UIM or underinsured motorist, that's optional coverage that you pay for. Uh, I have it personally. Uh, I would recommend that people get it, uh, but you and, don't and have to. And it's not like a lot, of, a lot more. I mean, you're, it's pretty reasonably priced. Uh, right, yeah. Uh, but I, I do recommend you get it. Uh, wherever you're, you can talk to your insurance agent if you have uh, insurance yourself. Uh, but that's what happens in that case. But what happens if the other side doesn't have insurance mm -hmm. and then you don't have underinsured motorists? So what happens in those cases? Ouch. Well, things get a lot more difficult yeah. uh, when that happens uh, because you, you can still file a case against the other side. Uh, and if they have a license, you can work to suspend their license. Uh, you can try to... Uh, collect from them. Uh, but the Texas collection laws, I've found a lot of times uh, are very difficult to recover from someone if they don't have insurance. And that's going to be something that uh, lawyers still pursue those cases sometimes. I still take them sometimes. Uh, sometimes I don't. Uh, every case is different. It, it depends on the injuries. You have to uh, research the other person that's at fault that doesn't yeah. have insurance uh, and, and see if there's anything you can recover from them. Uh, keeping in mind the Texas collection laws. Uh, so those are all factors, uh, but those cases get a lot more uh, difficult to evaluate to see whether you wanna pursue those cases in court. Yeah, you had an, did you have a question whenever uh, we were talking earlier about accidents? Yeah, okay. So let's say one day I need to I need to borrow my grandma's car to run an errand because I don't have mine, and um, I'm driving and I get in a fender bender or well, a car accident. It's my fault. Um, is it okay if I ask the other person if I can just say my grandma was driving, so um, I don't get charged with anything or like the insurance since her name the car is under her insurance that um, it can just be filed under her name. Is that like illegal or is that legal? That's, well, a, good, that's a good question. And I'll answer it this way. When I first started uh, my legal career, I prosecuted criminal cases with the Harris County <laughs> DA's office. Uh, 
And I did that for several years and, and it, it was okay. But that's, that's the criminal side uh, of <laughs> oh. law. Uh, a car accident uh, and, and is a civil matter, which yes. means we're, we're arguing and fighting over money mm -hmm. uh, and insurance. Uh, but if that, if you were to do that, all of a sudden, you not only do you have a civil issue of the car accident, but you have the criminal issue of insurance <laughs> fraud and filing a false police report. So, uh, so I would recommend you don't do that. Uh, Is that the answer? No. <laughs> the answer, that's a long way of saying don't do that. Yes, it's illegal. Uh, but that's not to say it doesn't happen. I right. mean, it used to happen more before cell phones and the internet and smartphones. Mm -hmm. uh, and, it, and it was always, there was always a drunk driver with the passenger and that drunk driver got into an accident and he said, hey, you're not drunk, let's just switch driver's seats before the police get here. Mm -hmm. uh, and and that, that happened a lot. And I think it probably still probably even happens, just not as much because everyone's recording at an accident scene. Everyone has a phone, they pull out their phone they, and everyone's recording. Mm -hmm. So taking photos, uh, it's, it's probably, and they're even, you know, cameras on street corners and, and, and storefronts. Yes. And, yes, and yes. so ring cameras and all those things. So that's, if, if you're out there on an accident scene, you have to be aware that everything you do is probably being recorded, not just your, your physical actions, but everything you say, uh, as a lawyer, you know, I usually tell people if you talk to an in, the opposing insurance company or the opposing side, just assume you're being recorded. Uh, so, yeah, I wouldn't recommend doing that, especially lying to a police officer that you weren't driving when, in fact, you were driving or or something along those lines. That that would not be good. But that's a good question because yeah. that's that's yeah, you're trying like, to as a young like person. You I don't... feel like I would. Probably ask you want a clean record, right? Yeah, like, a clean record. I don't want. But for a car accident, unless there's alcohol or drugs involved, if it's just a plain vanilla car accident, again, it's it's a civil matter. No one's going to jail, right? Unless you committed some crime uh, uh, during the accident. You know, if you were. Uh, and it doesn't matter what legal status you have either. Right. right. Yeah, there are people it, that are. You still have rights to accident. Yeah, there are people Claim. that are undocumented. They don't have, or, or other people that do, their driver's license is expired. Uh, you know, that's that's not going to you know put you in handcuffs. Uh, but if you start uh, you know switching, you know, you want to switch and say someone else was driving or you know something like that, or if you were if you leave the scene of an accident, uh, you know, they can get. That's also a crime mm -hmm. in Texas. You know, you're failing to stop and give information. So yeah, it, so car accidents can turn into criminal matters, uh, but for the most part, uh, if you just you know do what you're supposed to, exchange information, um, and then you know contact your lawyer and let your, your lawyer investigate the case, you know it shouldn't it shouldn't blossom into a criminal matter. Mm -hmm. uh, but I do know some criminal lawyers if you're interested. So. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't yeah. happened to you, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Neither you, Marcus, right? Nope. <laughs> well, good. So uh, just to wrap it up, you know, how you determine uh, responsibility in a car accident uh, can affect 
uh, you know, the amount of damages that you recover. So it's important that you talk to someone that, that we evaluate that with, with all the right factors and, and also in the correct way so that you can get a, a good assessment of what your damages are uh, so that you can know if you want to pursue it in court, try to settle out of court. Uh, and those are discussions that you need to have with your lawyer. And we'll probably do another video uh, just, just on damages and what types of damages you can recover. And a lot of this information you will be able to find on MolinaLawFirm.com. And it's going to be listed here on this video, but just for audio purposes, it's MolinaLawFirm.com. Sure. That website will have a, a lot of information. Sure. And I'm a personal injury lawyer in Houston, Texas, but a lot of what we talked about applies to anywhere in Texas. Most states have uh, very similar procedures. So even though uh, it's not in Texas, it's, it's probably going to be something pretty close to what we're talking about. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.